We're at hadith number six today, and the topic which we have from 110 lessons of life from the commander of the faithful is on the topic of this world and at what price are we willing to sell it. Now, before we go into the actual hadith, let us just state this as the author has mentioned that. Indeed, the words of the commander of the faithful, Imam Ali, may God's peace and blessings be upon him, are a living miracle. Yes, the Quran is a miracle of the Messenger of Allah, but at the same time, the statements of the Messenger of Allah and the statements of his 14, uh, the, the, the 12 successors rather, and his daughter Fatima Zahra, and the Prophet himself, that these are in also indeed miracles given to us. These are miracles which show the timelessness of the message given and in the way and the examples which have been given that even though they have been mentioned 1400 years ago but they hold relevance and pertinence even in today's day and age today's topic we want to look at a very beautiful tradition from the commander of the faithful in which he has given us guidance again on our life and how we need to deal with spiritual effects of our life and in this hadith in this tradition he says the following do not be like the one who earnestly desires the goodness of the life of the next world, but does not act righteously to gain it. And do not be like the one who delays seeking forgiveness due to long drawn out desires of this world, and speaks about the, this temporal world as one who is an ascetic, however acts like one who is covetous of it. In this tradition there are actually three statements which we want to explore and understand from the commander of the faithful. The very first thing that the commander mentions is, in summary, that our actions have to be in line with our statements. As followers of Islam, as the followers of the Ahlul Bayt, the family of the Messenger, those who accept their authority and mastership, it is not enough for us to merely profess to be their followers and to claim uh, affinity to their teachings, but rather we need to actively show that we are followers of their divinely inspired message. And it is for this reason that the commander of the faithful tells us that do not be like that individual who only talks about what is to come in the next life, but they don't act towards how they can actually achieve what Allah has promised for the believers. The second portion of the hadith tells us that do not be like that individual who seeks forgiveness. However, because of their long drawn out desires of this temporal world, they delay in their asking for forgiveness. This is a challenge that many people face, that we commit a sin, we break a rule of Allah, we transgress the limits that Allah has set for us, and rather than immediately asking forgiveness, we have this presumption that we will live 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and we, that we could ask forgiveness later on in life. We think that perhaps next year or the year after we'll make it to the Hajj pilgrimage to Mecca and we will perform the acts of worship in the Hajj, in Arafat, in Minna, in Muzdalifah and all those other areas where we perform the Hajj rituals and we figure that that will absolve us and that will clean us of our sins. We presume that we will go to Karbala or to Najaf or to Kadamain or Samara or Mashhad 
and we will ask the Imams of the Ahlul Bayt to intercede for us and that our sins can be absolved through this ways. But we have to appreciate that this delay of our asking for forgiveness, this action of us having those that long, that desire that we will live for you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years and that we can do forgiveness later on in life, this is a thought which we have to erase from our mind. We can't be in this state of heedlessness where we think that we will actually live for this long period of time and that we will have time later on because who knows first of all how we will die, when we will die, where we will die. We don't even know if we will even remember every sin that we have performed that we can ask Allah forgiveness for each and every action. But if we do commit a sin, God forbid we break a law of the Creator, we should be able to ask forgiveness immediately for that action and follow the recommendations and the obligations of asking for forgiveness and that we can actually remove that blemish off of our record right then and there and without delaying it for a future time. The third and final point in this hadith is where the commander of the faithful tells us that we should not be as those individuals who claim to be ascetics, who claim to be aloof and detached from the transient world. But when you look behind the scenes, they're actually trying to covet and take as much of the dunya of the temporal world as they can. Unfortunately, you see sometimes see this where you look at people, whether they be within your family or community, or whether they be your friends on Facebook or any other social media platform, and they put forth a, a, a picture, a, a facade of being humble, pious, religious individuals, those who are cut off from the temporal world, who don't have anything to do with the, the material pleasures. But then you look behind the scenes and you see how they truly are. So in public, they put, put on one face, and in private, they actually are putting on a, another face, another uh, side of who they actually are. The Imam says that do not be like these individuals where you say one thing, that you claim to be humble or pious, but behind the scenes, actually you're nothing like how you claim to be in real life. In closing, the commentator of the hadith mentions that people can be divided into three categories. There, are one, there is one group of people who choose to focus solely on the transient world. All of their actions are in and for the world. The second group are those who know, they, they, real, they know and realize that no, the transient world is temporary and the next world is what truly counts and so they work towards that. The third and final group, and these are also this group, in addition to the first group, the third group are also those who are misguided, are individuals who are at the crossroad of truth and falsehood. People like Umar ibn Sa'ad, the one who was responsible for the massacre in Karba, of Karbala, in Karbala. People like him and many other individuals who stand at the crossroads, who are given the opportunity to either go down the path of felicity and earn their salvation in the next life, or they look at what is apparently for them in this transient temporal world, and when they're in this state of confusion and doubt and bewilderment, rather than go down the path of the next world and to choose the benefits which will give them everlasting peace and happiness, they go down the road of perdition, of destruction of their soul, and they choose the path which is the path of least resistance, the path which is other than the path of Allah. We ask Allah that on this day that we are not of those individuals who are either on the wrong path entirely, and we also ask Allah that if we are ever put at a path of having to choose between this world and the next, that we do not let our nafs, our soul, our desires get to us, and rather that we can take the path of 
the afterlife, that we can choose the path of the next world, and that we can be of those who actually work towards the betterment of our life to come. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.